The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Do you remember the days when beer was Lion Lager and Olsen's and Castle and Black Label and then Lex Mitchell started a mini revolution in Neisner and he produced uh, Foresters and he produced a Bitter. And then suddenly, at some point, there was an explosion. There were some guys in Nottingham Road producing some glorious beers in the late 1990s. Um, But the craft beer movement really started exploding in the mid sort of noughties, if you like. Jack Black came to the market in 2007. You weren't first Ross McCullough, co-founder of Jack Black, but certainly you've lasted. Um, what is it? What's Castle's thing? The, the taste that stood the test of time. You're the craft that stood the test of time. By craft beer terms, you've done well. You've been around since 2007. Thanks, thanks, Bruce. Uh, good evening, and thanks for inviting. Um, yeah, we, we've uh, we've been... Yeah, we, we launched in 2007 and we are still holding on and actually putting up a good fight these days, which is which is um, great and optimistic and, and um, it's been a fun ride so far. Sometimes it feels like it's been one year and other times it feels like a lifetime. But um, yeah, we, we are still around and kicking and, and, and seen quite a quite a few breweries in the industry come and go over our time. It, it's a family business. I mean, uh, I'm assuming Meg is your wife or your sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both. Or, <laughs> Definitely uh, my wife. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, you guys, it's a family business. You started in 2007. Does either one of you have any brewing experience at that point? Um, uh, very basic home brewing experience. Um, and, and But more experience, uh, you know, the experience that we brought to uh, Jack Black was um, uh, a, a passion for for sales, a passion for beer, um, and uh, and uh, and across our two skills, um, Meg, my wife, is the co-founder um, and has been uh, you know in the business the whole time and is still um, you know in the business very actively, um, doing a lot of our um, all of our marketing. She's our di- director of marketing. Um, so what we brought to the business was uh, sales and and marketing, and uh, and then we ended up actually being um, a lot of our first few years was a focus on distribution. Um, so, yeah, it, we didn't come with, uh, you know, a brewmaster certification, but a, a basic understanding uh, of the brewing process. Um, so what so obsessed you? I mean, what made, what made you think that you could come into a market that was exploding at the time with, uh, with startups and actually succeed if you don't even know how to really make the product on an industrial scale? Well, the you know we we were based. I was based in Canada for a number of years, working for a very large family-owned winery out of the United States and um, out of California. And I came home uh, to visit family members every other year. And you know we we were uh, in my role uh, in sales in North America. Um, I you know I saw that in South Africa there was a, a, a there was. A, a good amount of wine, um, of course, but beer was uh, again craft beer was sorely lacking, and something that was very was was in a high growth uh, curve within within North America. So it started. Um, I, I had I've always had a passion for beer, and you know I was, I was selling wine during the day, but uh, you know having a beer at the end of the day, and uh, so you know we we saw this opportunity that was happening around the world, and and not much. At that time in South Africa, uh, mm-hmm. rightly so, uh, Mitchells and 
um, and a few others, uh, uh, Birkenhead, Boston Breweries, um, uh, you know, were, were in the Cape, uh, were, were in existence, but not really, you know, at that time they were struggling. And um, we, we thought that, you know, our, our concept and, and what we wanted to do would, um, you know, we'd give, a, we'd give a crack at it because we, we really sincerely thought that craft beer would take uh take hold and and to our uh to our luck it did um you know in the following years there, there was a bit of luck but of course i mean sab's great success was based on strong dominant brands which you don't have but i mean mm-hmm. you didn't have at the time mm-hmm. and the other secret of sab's success was distribution they could get i mean the old joke of you know you should get um the department of education to distribute liquor and and sab to distribute uh, school books and you'd yeah. solve the drinking problem yeah. and the education problem yeah. in one fell swoop um distribution is the secret and you said a moment ago that that was a, a very you know once you brewed the stuff and it's sitting in your warehouse floor your brewery mm. floor mm. you've then got to get it to market yes so our, initially our focus was you know we came in thinking well let's let's you know put our beer into a bottle and and trying to sell it to anybody who would uh, who would take it, um, but we quickly realised that it was very crowded with the the big players, SAB, um, Heineken, and the big brands uh, in the market to sell, and so it was quite difficult to get a get traction within uh, within liquor stores. Um, so we then started focusing on the restaurants or on trade uh, area of the business mm-hmm. and. And in 2007, draft was not um, beer on tap was uh, not that prevalent. It was, um, you know, it was quite established in in well established drinking, uh, you know, sports bars and, and big drinking, uh, you know, uh, bars. Uh, but you know, a lot of restaurants didn't have beer on tap, and and there was a, a real need at that time to get beer on tap, and a lot of consumers were asking for beer on tap. So. We came in at the right time and asked a few of the right questions and quickly realized that if we could offer um, our beer on tap to a restaurant, they would take it because the, the bigger players were not offering them such a, you know, such a service mm. or a product because ultimately you know, um, the, the brewery supply the equipment that dispenses uh, the beer. Um, so we would have you know, scrape up our pennies and put together the, the draft equipment and install it into the customer's account. And so if we could do that, they would take our beer quite readily. And the, the beautiful part about that was, you know, once a consumer walks into the bar and sees a, a, a tap on the counter dispensing fresh, cold beer, um, they're quite, uh, they're, they're open to changing their, you know, their, their usual brand out for something that's on tap. So that, you know, from, from 2008, that was our sole focus. And we've had that focus up until today, and uh, and 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 in the future, we're looking at you know we continue to focus on beer on tap, um, pouring a great product, fresh product, cold product in a bar, um, and that still makes up about seventy percent of our sales. Um, so, you know, that's that was our um, you know our approach. It was quite simple, but it worked, and and I think. It worked because of that focus, and uh, you know we we didn't have any money um, or much budget. What, so what, what was the startup focus. capital? I mean, was that out of family savings? Was it the friends, fools, and uh, so and, I, and we everybody had else? about two hundred thousand rand that we brought from Canada, and um, and we 
we then we didn't we couldn't afford to build a brewery so we actually did what's quite common uh, now and all over the world we contract brewed so we took our recipe that we developed in Canada and we took it to one of the local breweries Birkenhead in Stanford okay. and then we moved to Boston subsequently and that that was you know so they brewed the beer for us and that allowed us to focus on um, the sales the distribution uh, the the tap installations um, and, and, you know, slowly work from there. And I think if we'd taken on production right out the gate, especially with, um, you know, my, I'm not, as, as we've mentioned before, not a, not a qualified uh, brewmaster, um, it would have been too distracting um, from, you know, the, 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 the sales and distribution functions that we needed to, that we needed to perform. So that was, I think, uh, kind of a blessing in disguise, not having enough money to put our own brewery together initially. Um, I mean, for a long for a long yeah. time, you seem to have just a single product, which is a very nice but very light um, um, brewer's lager. You lager. call it, but uh, yeah, I mean, and for a long time, that uh, Jack Black was just that. Um, you've diversified considerably since then, but I mean, how long did you have just that single product in market? So um, we we started with lager, um, and and you're absolutely right. We did introduce a pale ale a couple of years later, but it was a lot slower um, growth on that product, even though there was a lot of um, consumers who really enjoyed it and were very passionate about the product. It's delicious, yes. Um, I mean, and it's delicious, but the category had to grow. And if, if you're not used to yeah. a full-flavored beer, if you're not used to the, the floral notes, and if you're not used to yeah. sort of fruitiness in a beer, you, you, you're going to think to yourself, hold on a second, I bought a beer, I didn't buy a fruit punch, uh, whatever the case might be, whatever <laughs> fro- flavor profile you get out of it. And your, and your market had to mature as well, I think, to appreciate the fact that there are multiple styles and within the styles, huge variations in flavor profile. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and we're still, the market is still, you know, developing today. Uh, you know, 13 years on, we're still in that, in that phase where there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of education uh, and, and um, trial uh, of consumers and trying different things. But yes, lager is still our dominant um, uh, skew or variant. Um, and, uh, and I think for, 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 for obvious reasons too, you know, that we are a, it's a very, it's a warm country. Um, lager is the dominant, uh, you know, style of beer here, most definitely. So, you know, we, that's why we launched with the lager. We didn't launch with, uh, you know, in, in the U S uh, just for, you know, for reference, uh, the U S the, the largest style of craft beer is India pale ale, which is an extremely yeah. hoppy, high alcohol product. Um, you know, that's the, the biggest uh, style. Um, but in South Africa, where the weather's warm and, and SAB and the big brands dominate with, uh, with lager styles, we decided to come in with lager. That was, you know, distinctly different, but still approachable, um, you know, and, and understandable to the, to the consumer. Um, and then slowly release products as we as we went along and actually interesting what some of the some of the things that really hindered uh you know launching new products was the fact that we couldn't keep up um you know within our contracts uh, we couldn't expand quick enough uh, we, we just didn't have the the product enough product to sell so we had to focus primarily on the lager but when you know when we built our brewery in in cape town and deep river in 2016 
it allows us, you know, we, we built in, uh, you know, excess capacity and allowed us to, you know, to branch out into a number of, uh, into a number of styles. So that's been, you know, been very positive. Some of them have, you know, not, not worked, which is totally understandable. And then, and some of them, you know, we've seen some fantastic growth. Um, so uh, that innovation has been great. And, you know, we're taking uh, our loyal uh, Jack Black uh, consumers on a, on a, on a journey and also introducing new consumers, you know, through beers like uh, wheat beer or vice beer, mm. which is, you know, low hop, uh, uh, slightly so low bitterness, uh, banana type flavors, nice flavors, very approachable. You could almost say, you know, sweeter type beers that, you know, new craft beer consumers quite enjoy. So it's a, it's a fun journey and, and um, it's, it's really, it's still to this day, very exciting watching you know, somebody who's been drinking lager their whole lives tries something new and their eyes, you know, open wide and say, you know, what have I been missing? I've been drinking <laughs> that lager my whole life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, you know, a eureka moment, you know, so that, mm. that's always uh, fun. More with, Jack, more with the Jack Black co-founder, Ross McCullough, in a moment. We're talking about our shapeshifter this evening, Ross McCullough. He and his wife, Meg, started the Jack Black Brewing Company in 2007 with not much money, with not much brewing experience, uh, with a recipe and a whole bunch of chutzpah. And we're going to find out how they've survived for the last 14 years through two recessions and are still standing. More on that in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Many other brewers have come and gone, but Jack Black has uh, stood the test of time. Uh, you've been around since 2007. You've gone through two recessions. Today, you've got your own tap room. Um, you're doing venues and food and drinks and entertainment, um, in addition to providing the beer. I mean, it's become actually, you know, quite a, a nicely well-rounded business. And I'm assuming now you are brewing your own beer. You're not reliant on third-party producers. Yes, we are. You've done your homework, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the the uh, we we we're not just brewing our own, but we're also doing uh, some other some other contracts for you know other brewers and and um, and helping them out, particularly at this time. You know, and and uh, you know where they've had to uh, slow down their facilities. Um, you know, or, or or put them. You know. Um, not mothball them, but you know, temporarily cease uh, operations. You know, we've stepped in and and helped a couple of a couple of guys. So that's been that's also been great. But it, yeah, as you said, it is a that's what keeps us going every day. Uh, is the is how interesting the business is, and um, you know, all the facets of it from uh, from uh, the the tap room, like you say, having a restaurant, um, having a, a brand home. Uh, uh, having consumers come in and try all our different beers um, uh, to the to the sales portion of, of course, the, the marketing side is, is a lot of fun, and and the brewing, which is the heart of our of our um, our business, uh, and really having you know, it's been a fantastic step moving into our own brewery, a, a very uh, expensive step, but a fantastic step nonetheless, and it's given us a lot of more control over our brewing process than we had, you know, before. And uh, given us capacity to, to allow us to innovate, which has been, you know, really something that, which is very important in, in business, you know, to focus, uh, but at the same time, innovate and, and not uh, innovation. When, when we say innovation, it doesn't just mean um, launch, you know, as many new products as you can. 
It's about looking at your existing products and, and refining them and improving them and, and uh, making keeping them relevant uh, to the consumer um, uh, and to your you, you know to our fans. Um, what, and, what hasn't and, worked? You said you've tried different things and some haven't worked and some have worked. Obviously, the ones that have worked, and including your Skeleton Coast Pale Ale, which um, my colleague yeah. John Perlman tells me is his favorite. Um, the yeah. IPA, I beg your pardon, India Pale Ale. Um, what yeah. hasn't worked? I mean, I, I don't see a dark beer, the Dunkelbier, um, which is, uh, Germans seem to like that for some reason. It's, I'm not sure it's madly po- popular here. One of the one of the, the sad well it's not that sad I mean we'll, it'll make we've moved it out of um, you know all year round production and that is a product that we have called lumberjack and, and lumberjack is very close to our hearts it was one of the I think it was product number four that we launched and and it, it's an amber ale it's dark rich um, uh, uh, not it's still got a high a high hop rate uh, you know a high hopping rate. Um, but there's so much malt character in it, so it's quite a heavy beer. It's a, a you know, it's a winter. It's made for a, ra- a rainy winter's night in Cape Town. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Yes, and and, and a lot of Cape Townians like to go to wine over winter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so you know, the, the, the sales of Lumberjack have, 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 you know, we've got some real passionate fans on that, and you can see it because we, you know, it still ticks over, but it's it's something that. You know, we may move to a seasonal, a seasonal product rather. Um, so that that's just you know one one of the things. And we've tried a few things in our tap room. You know, we we have a, a small little pilot uh, pilot system that we 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 try some products in the in the tap room. And and uh, if you know if people turn up their noses and we then we we, we you know we don't follow through with it. Uh, but you know, so that we we let the brewers loose on our pilot system and and they have some fun and we you know we test it out on on some of our consumers. <laughs> um, you know, and, and most of the time it works. So, so that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, what's next? I mean, you're 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 helping out some competitors. You're keeping the category yeah. going. Um, and you know, the health minister uh, today is saying that the third wave is upon us. That must meet you with a fair amount of apprehension, uh, as you know. Mm. Hopefully, we don't see lockdowns and booze bans and everything else yeah. that has um, really made your I've life difficult the, the last twelve months. I've got some of that fatigue, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. On it, but. Yeah, um, you know, we as, as we spoke last time about you know when we're we're coming out of a, a lockdown um, and and um, you know as I mentioned it's planning and replanning and replanning and replanning and that we've become uh, quite good at it which has been get great but you know what's next uh, for us is uh, one of the silver linings they talk about uh, in you know during during COVID and and you know when in our first lockdown the hard lockdown we you know we really started to think about projects that we had been thinking about but. You know, didn't have time to execute on, and um, you know, we we started to develop um, a, a new product which we've just launched into the market. It's called Southfield's Hard Seltzer, um, and that is uh, a category that has been growing uh, globally for the last few years, and is just coming to South Africa's shores now. So, um, you know, some of the, the big guys have also launched their hard seltzers. So that's a new. Um, it's quite different to uh, craft beer. Um, but it's something that we can, you know, we can produce in our facility. Um, so making use of that, and um, you know, it's a it's a completely different offering. It's a, a light, uh, low calorie, low sugar, vegan friendly uh, product that is, you know, that that is in line with some of the trends that are happening in the marketplace. The you know the low and no alcohol trends, the wellness trends. 
so we we've kind of gone uh, you know we've looked at the other side of the coin and said well you know how you know how the, these consumers we don't want to neglect these consumers with a big yeah. IPA you know um, so let's let's do something different so that that's exciting uh, for us and you know the trade is has been very accepting of that product which is fantastic now we'll see how the how the consumer reacts in South Africa and then we've got some other you know we are again looking at the low and no uh, alcohol category and and some further innovations in in this year towards the end of this year um, you know we what's what's been very positive for us and how we got through this and how we'll continue to get through this is our very positive uh, relationship with with uh, and partnership with Heineken uh, we you know how we got through this was with them on our side, thank goodness. You know, we realized yeah. a couple of years ago that the 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 biggest part of my day was was uh, tackling distribution challenges, um, and you know what what uh, how do we solve these challenges? Uh, so I, I picked up, I picked up the phone and I and I spoke to one of the biggest don't you know, ask and don't. Yes, I mean, I think that's the point. Ross, we've got to leave it there. I'm so sorry that we yeah, have to cut. But, but thank you for a lovely chat. Ross McCullough this evening on The Money Show, thank the founder of Jack Black. Life has a habit of bowling googlies that knock us off balance. Momentum Corporate protects your employees and their families from financial risks of unexpected life events like disability, death or critical illness. When you protect your employees, you protect your business. Contact Momentum Corporate or your financial advisor to help you move in the right direction. Momentum Corporate is part of Momentum Metropolitan Life Limited and all authorized financial services and registered credit provider.